a podcast to honor the gods. This better come with a sacrifice. Dave X Media. Hi, everyone. Editing Christina here. I just wanted to stop by before the episode gets started and let you know that we recorded this before the WGA and SAG AFTRA strikes started, or at least really caught momentum in a way that I noticed. So we do mention works of film and TV that we endorse in this episode, but looking at it through the lens of the strikes that so many people are putting their time and energy into right now, it just didn't feel right to let those fly without a little announcement up here at the top to remind you to do your own research, make your own decisions, do your best to support creators and artists in your own community and beyond. That includes the stuff that you choose to watch. So We support artists and the work they do. We support fair pay for artists who are working on these movies for these, especially these major studios. So you'll be hearing an announcement like this at the top of every episode until the strikers and the studios come to terms that are agreeable to everyone, which I and everyone hope will be soon. Make your own choices. Your dad loves you. I'm proud of you, champ. I know you'll do the right thing. And if you want to learn more about the WGA and SAG-AFTRA strikes, please check the show notes for a link to their website. Welcome to the restricted section, the most awkward breakup of my life, including when I dumped this guy named David so that I could start going out with his friend who was also named David. If you haven't done the reading, don't worry, we did it for you. Here's what we're talking about this week. Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Chapter 4, Horace Slughorn, in which Dumbledore and Harry go and find Horace Slughorn disguised as an armchair and convince him to come back to work at Hogwarts. I'm your host, Christina. My co-host today is cleverly disguised as an armchair. Leela, say hello to the listeners, Leela. You and David. <laughs> and our special guest today is our good old friend, Claire. Say hello to the listeners, Claire. Hello. Y'all might remember Claire from, wow, just like a lot. <laughs> just, just like a lot. Okay, so let's see. No, list them all. You, you, I do, I will. You might remember Claire from... Uh, September 9th, 2020, uh, that's Chamber of Secrets, Chapter 9, The Writing on the Wall. Um, you might remember Claire from Goblet of Fire, Chapter 29, The Dream. Uh, that was in March 2022. You might remember Claire from <laughs> um, Order of the Phoenix, Chapter 14, Percy and Padfoot. That was uh, November 2022. And you might remember Claire from three seconds ago when I introduced her again. Okay. Yeah, you didn't have to list them all, but okay. I like to remember, I'm like looking back on our history. Oh my God. I Okay, I think because we're on the second to last book, I keep thinking about what it'll be like to be on the last book. And I'm like, oh my yeah. God, the next time Claire comes on the show, it's going to be the last time. And then I'm going to look back on all the other times, including this time. And then I'll be like, oh my God, this is the last time. <laughs> but that's why I'm starting another podcast, so. It's actually not the end of anything. Tina, is your hair pink? No. It's not? It's the same color? It's literally the same color. It's always been 
Maybe because it's like compare. I'm wearing a yellow headband, so like maybe it's like. Well, her hair usually looks yellow, but next to the yellow headband, it's like definitely not yellow. Yeah, it looks darker than usual, but I didn't do anything. I thought about my. This is we record these a month or so before they come out. So this upcoming weekend is my Barbie birthday party, and I thought about dyeing my hair full pink. But then you guys know that I'm devastatingly lawful, and. Barbie has blonde hair. So. She does. Mm-hmm. Traditionally, yes. Anyway, Claire, how the hell have you been since last time you were on the show? Which was, I don't know, what did I say, like nine months ago? Yeah. Sure. I graduated from college, started a full-time Woo! job. Yay! Oh my God, that's like so awesome and also really sad. <laughs> yeah. Really awesome that you graduated college. Kind of unfortunate that you had to join the workforce. Yeah, that's not fun, but here we are. But you're doing you're doing the thing, and I'm very proud of you. Thank you. I appreciate you guys. And you're in your cute little... Isn't that a new apartment, too, since the last time you were on? Yeah, this is a different apartment from last time. Ooh, I love it. All, all nice. I can see is books, a Himalayan salt lamp, and a picture of flowers, and I love that. Yeah, yes. yeah. This is... Yeah, that's my bedroom, so... And then I got to ask, just since I'm already being nosy and I've listed everything else that's in the sh- shot behind you, is that a boom box? That is a boom box. That is a CD what? player. <laughs> wow. Oh my God. I, that's amazing. I was so sure you were going to be like, no, that's my makeup kit or like whatever. Is that so, is it like, is that like cool now? Or like, is that they sell CDs? No, now? this is just like from like. 12 years ago so oh, i just like it. kept it alive wow. like oh oh my god that's really cool do you use it a lot uh probably like once a month damn do you is it because you have like old cds you like to listen to yeah primarily what kind of music you got put me on the spot i don't know what i listen to anymore is it like oh here's what here's the cds i listened to when i had a cd player titanic soundtrack back titanic soundtrack obviously <laughs> Radio Disney, um, now, 1 through 30, uh, Britney Spears. Any of that ringing a bell? No, that's a little before my time, but... <laughs> they still make their CDs. I know they do. Uh, well, that's very cool. Yeah. Um, I want... One day, Claire, I want to hear music outside my window, and I want to look out the window and see you there playing a song for me, holding the boombox over your head. I don't think I can B say anything, but we'll see. B say whatever the song in your boombox is saying. <laughs> okay. Excuse me. That was a very serious burp. Can't start the chapter till somebody burps. Wait, I'll do it again. Sorry, I'm drinking beer. It makes makes me a little burpy. Nobody even heard it. Boo. It's it's Weak like burp. not a very good it's yeah, it's not a very good burp. It's like a slow rattling burp. You know what I mean? <laughs> totally. So we're here to talk about uh, chapter four of Harry Potter and the Half-Blood Prince, Horace Slughorn. Uh, before we do, Claire, tell me, how, how do you like this book compared to the other ones? This is probably my favorite Harry Potter book. I'm starting to think the same thing. I don't know. It, just, it feels separate from everything else. And it, you, it feels more character driven and not like Voldemort mm-hmm. plot. Hell Yeah. And so why did you pick, because Claire got an early pick on her chapter for the Half-Blood Prince. Why'd you pick chapter four, Horace Slughorn? I don't, I don't know. I think Horace Slughorn is probably the most realistic character in the entire series. Yeah. I think. Truly morally gray. Yeah. I think it's a lot of, 
you could picture this guy on any college campus. He's a professor. He's way too old to be doing what he's doing. Yeah, but he just, I was going to say he just won't quit, but it's like, oh, he really tried. <laughs> yeah, and aren't all, like, old tenured professors, like, pretty much armchairs? You know what I mean? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Man, that dude looks like an armchair. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, it's a man. I think you, I think that they have to be a little bit fat. What are you drinking? Um, Aldi brand Corona. Oh, I saw the <laughs> M.O. I'm drinking a Modelo, and I thought perhaps we were drinking the same thing, but it's basically the same thing. Your same thing. Cheap, yeah, cheaper. mine's cheaper, yeah. I placed my, well, fuck, this is coming out like a month after my birthday. It's not fun, but I placed my <laughs> birthday grocery order, and let's just say that, that it was 50% alcohol. Uh-oh. <laughs> the other 50% was M&M's and Cheez-Its. Sounds nice. like a real adult to me. So I think that Slughorn is extra armchairy because he's a little fat, you know, like a, a, a scrawny old man is not as yeah. much of an armchair, but a fat old man, that's an armchair. Yeah, he's an overstuffed old man. Overstuffed. Oh, my God. I'm going to start calling myself that is so fat. I love that. I'm just a little overstuffed. And it's <laughs> super true because I snack too much. Leela, what do you feel about Horace Slughorn? I like him as well. I think he's like a a fun character and interesting character to read. And I think the addition of him in this book definitely adds to kind of the feeling of like, this is no longer for babies. I think maybe she was really going for that in the last book, but I it's and whipped. Uh, it still felt like it was for babies. It's to me. for babies. Yeah. But this one's not for babies. Um, it, yeah. It's, it's I think good. emotional regulation is not for babies and emotional, uh, lack of control is for babies. And obviously we all have our moments, but it's a bit of a pursuit thing. And so Harry's behavior in the last book, you're right. It feels a little emotionally underdeveloped. Not like the emotional through lines weren't developed, but Harry is emotionally undeveloped. But in this one, he's figuring it out, especially I think watching all this shit go on around him, having to like deal with his grief from Sirius and having to watch all his friends get into really messy relationships and stuff. He's like, okay, guys. Let's figure this out. He's like kind of on the outside of all the bullshit this year almost. I really like Slughorn too. He kind of reminds me of my husband, Sean, not in the like collecting people kind of way, but in the like obstinately, constantly in the pursuit of comfort. Like, like Sean will like micro adjust the thermostat rather than like put on a blanket or like <laughs> deal with being one degree warmer than you would like to be like Horace Slughorn micro adjust the thermostat. Yeah, for sure. I micro adjust as well, to be a totally honest with you. Well, say <laughs> la vie. I texted Sean this morning and I was like, can we please not cool the house so much during the day? Because I'm constantly freezing and it feels really stupid. I pay the power bill. Right. And it feels really stupid to be paying extra to be really uncomfortably cold during the day in August. Like, come on. So that's just a constant battle. Um, also, just like the hiding skillfully rather than engaging in <laughs> conflict. <laughs> like, Sean would rather be an armchair than be on either side of an armed conflict. <laughs> 
He is a really good hider. Even if there's like a lot of people in the house, you're like, where's Sean? You're like, eh, just don't worry about it. He's around here it's somewhere. Be- he's not a good hider. You guys just don't go into my bedroom, which is where he's <clears throat> always napping when our house is full of people. The second, the second a party starts at our house, Andrew, always first person to get there, sometimes met. The second that door rings, you better believe Sean's like, I'm going to take a quick rest. <laughs> I've learned to embrace it because if he doesn't take a quick rest, he goes to bed at 11. Right. Let him t- let him take a nap starting at 8 and he can make it till 2 a.m., which is when the party starts to shut down. Yeah. Why, why are we? Oh, because I said Slughorn is like Sean. <laughs> I think Slughorn's. I, I definitely have a lot to critique. And we will be doing that throughout the rest of this book. But I do find him to be a very interesting character, especially as a bit of a foil to Dumbledore. Yeah. Um, who is so <clears throat> righteous and so action-y and so in charge. And then Slughorn's like, no, thank you. Nope, I'll just stay here. Oh, okay. Well, I guess if that's what you're saying, then we'll do it. <laughs> well, it's like, uh, what's it called? Yeah, Dumbledore's like noble bright. And uh, Slughorn's like medium bright what is there a medium between the two so okay so listen what you're referring to is the two subgenres of usually fantasy noble bright and grimdark grimdark yeah which really like only matter if you're like a super big fat fantasy nerd grimdark game of thrones people murder people have sex it's graphic noble bright Ella Enchanted like every no maybe you know kind of like Ella Enchanted it's like the good people are good like the bad people are bad. The good people are going to win. Like everyone's treating each other with kindness. And so like, I wouldn't really apply that to a character. And I definitely wouldn't call Albus Dumbledore Noble Bright because Noble Bright like implies a lack, a lack of controversy. Mm. Like Noble Bright would imply that he like took every action, I think to protect the people around him. And like, no, there has to be another way other than Harry fucking killing himself (laughs) for the plot. Like, no, like Noble Bright, I don't think would let that happen. So that's more McGonagall than Dumbledore. Because... Yeah. Okay. Interesting. But I still wouldn't really use it to describe <laughs> a character because char- good characters are very nuanced and it's hard to pin them like that. Um, like, for example, like, even Ellen Enchanted, like, she, she's not Noble Bright. You know, like, she's... She wants to disobey, you know? Mm-hmm. But, like, the genre is Noble Bright because it's about her... Moving past that and not just wanting to disobey, but be able to decide for herself. Wow. I think it's time for a reread of Ella Enchanted. I was just talking with our friend Takena about how middle grade is like the best thing when you're in a reading slump, which I've kind of been in lately. And I was like thinking about holes maybe, but maybe Ella Enchanted. They're both so great. Both so formulative for me. No, I know. Okay. So it's a dark street and Harry and Dumbledore have just left Privet Tribe, the Dursley's house. They're walking down the street. Harry feels awkward walking with him. Wonder why? Maybe the entire previous book. <laughs> the as entire remind- series, yeah. Yeah. As I reminded the last time that Dumbledore and Harry were together, Harry was screaming more than we've ever seen him scream, which is truly saying something. And he was throwing everything he could get his hands on. Yeah, um... It's embarrassing. It is, and then, like, I just gotta say, like, Dumbledore just shows up, like, what up? You know, like, uh, don't worry about... It's like, hey, how come you haven't, like, taken me under your wing this whole time? It's like, you know, don't even... Don't even worry about it. It's, uh... 
It's not a big deal. And then Harry's like, yeah, I guess it's not a big deal. I'm like, what? You were so angry just like a second ago. What's happening right now? <laughs> uh, I guess that'd be puberty. You know what I mean? Uh, or like he's being... Gaslit is a really strong word. But yeah. Dumbledore being like, it's fine. Harry's like, hmm, guess it's fine. Yeah. But Harry's kind of dumb. So he's like, yeah, I guess it's fine. Like, yeah. And <laughs> Harry doesn't have the skills that I, for example, have developed where after you make an ass of yourself, you have to just say sorry. You have to be like, that wasn't cool. I see that I was wrong. I'm sorry. Or, you know, even if he stands by his feelings, like, I'm sorry that I touched your property. Like, I shouldn't have done that. He doesn't know how to do that. So he's like, I'll just die in this awkwardness, I guess. (laughs) He is a straight white man. So, I mean, he's not going to apologize if he doesn't have to. So, yeah. And he, I don't think he ever apologized. None of these men are ever apologizing for anything. It's not natural for them. Except for that fucking 30 page long Dumbledore apology of the last book, which was like way too little too late. But by too little, I mean, 30 pages is too much. Still too much. It's It was too little and yet too much. I mean, it it's just beyond the grave. Late. I don't think I think that's a little late to apologize if you're already. Oh dead. my god! <laughs> I was talking about in the like not the last book, but the last book we read, where at the end of the book he is like, "I'm sorry that it took me this long to tell you" or whatever. But you're totally right that he at the very end of the series too is like, "Ah, well, still sorry about that whole thing." <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, the Dumbledore apology tour. Okay, so. Dumbledore gives Harry special permission to use magic should anything happen, which is funny because definitely nothing is going to happen. He's with Dumbledore. We all know that. And he says that. Because you're with me. You're with me. And then Dumb offers Harry his arm for side-along apparition, and then they do that. They do the side-along apparition. Sorry if this is rude, but, like, I recently had a grandma who I loved a lot. I love like I loved her, I think, as much as anyone as any young person could love an old person. But touching her skin was gross. <laughs> and I don't know if I don't know if Harry has ever touched an old person before. And there's like no mention of Dumbledore's like the state of his arm skin. <laughs> he didn't touch like the the black the gross black. Is it and the healthy Oh I I'm not talking about like the blackened. T- yeah, I'm talking just, about regular old person flesh. I know you guys know what I'm talking yes, about. The, yes, the loose just like skin. rubbery. Yes, it's rubbery. It's loose. It's sun damaged. It's like fat and skinny at the same time. Girl, I you know how hard it is to fucking put eyeliner on those fucking type of eyelids. No. I I used to work fucking work for Mary Kay, and the number one clientele is old ladies. And oh my god, it's it's really hard. No one teaches you. I'm like, do what do I do? Do I like Hold the skin of their eyelid stiff. You do. Like, you do. Because I have to do. Don't you have to do that a little bit on your own eye? Um, Just a little bit. I uh, no, I don't. But. Well, maybe it's because I can't see and I don't know how to do makeup. But when I, if whenever I'm drawing like a wingtip, I have to pull it just a little bit taut. I gotcha. I have hooded eyes, so I have to draw it how they naturally um, lay. But anyway. Back to- do I have hooded eyes? I've always no, thought I had hooded you, eyes. You I don't, don't have hooded eyes. You have a beautiful crease. That? It that means mean? that you can see most of your eyeshadow, like even when you have your eyes open. When I do my I eyeshadow do and I open my eyes, it like all disappears unless, unless I draw it up like above, like all the way here. 
Hmm. Interesting. I don't wear okay. makeup, so this is Yeah, not, I obviously really don't it's been either. a lot of makeup Le- talk this episode, yeah. Leela's coming over on Saturday to do my makeup for me. Yep. <laughs> Whenever I need to look pretty, I'm like, Leela. <laughs> and I'm like, okay. hi. Okay. So I do think that Harry was kind enough not to mention in the narrative that grabbing Dumbledore's arm was like, ugh. <laughs> <laughs> so they operate, they operate somewhere else. It's called Budley Babberton. Like, come on, Brits. What are we doing? Budley Babberton. <laughs> Is this real or was this created by Junior? Junior? I'm going to Google it. I literally, oh. al- like, reading these, I thought they were all fake. I was like, what? I was like, little, little whing- whinging? That's not a... This is, I think she made it up. Although I forgot that things that are mentioned in Harry Potter are almost like ungoogleable outside of Harry Potter. Yeah. Although, oh, here. Celebrity.fm. Is Bubbly Batterburton a real village? Celebrity.fm. Well, what are you spending your time doing if this is an article on your website? I know that there's a way to like search on Google for Budley Babberton like minus Harry Potter, but I don't remember how and I'm not going to learn. Great. Um this page this page isn't loading. Let's assume it's not real. Okay. Budley Babberton. That's a Budley. silly name for a silly place. Yeah, it's mm-hmm. silly. They're walking, they're talking. A little walk and talk sesh. Um they're talking about how Harry's scar doesn't hurt anymore. Um, probably because Voldemort's like, yikes, that connection could be used against me too. He's doing occlumency against Harry. And let's just say that he's better at it than Harry is. <laughs> or at least better than Harry plus Snape. Truly. You know what makes a good teacher? Someone who you actively hate and aren't <laughs> interested in learning from. Right. Mm-hmm. Anyway. Sure. Someone who I think more importantly actively hates you. Also. A minor. Yes. <laughs> Harry's like, what are we doing here? And Dumb explains that they need to convince an old friend to come work at Hogwarts. Stop. World building time. Why don't we just operate inside the building? And Dumb explains, that's rude. And you don't do that, dude. Do you like my little rap? I like it. Great. That was really nice. Yeah, it's like, why are we talking? Why are we talking about this? And Harry is like, I just learned something. You can't afraid into Hogwarts. Hermione Granger taught me that one, and it's like finally after six years that has stuck in his brain. <laughs> and then he's like, Wow, magic! <laughs> <laughs> oh, Harry. Harry asks about fudge and scrim shower. <laughs> um, dumb. Big old dumb says he's more forceful and decisive than Fudge, which good. Also, since he was the head of the Aurora department, he doesn't underestimate anyone, including Voldemort. So that's good. That's good. Claire, how do you like Scrimgore? Scrimgore? I mean, you can't get worse from Fudge, but (laughs) ain't that the truth? It's like whoever gets elected after Donald Trump is going to be better than Donald Trump, you know? Yeah, Yeah. it is that type of uh, vibe. I think Scrimgeour is probably the, a good guy for the job. Yeah. He seems yeah. like he's got he the qualifications. Yeah. Yeah. And like, you know, he's like a really good cop. So. Hope. Yeah. We don't really get to know anything about him. Like the narrative doesn't like him or rather like Harry doesn't like him huh. because Harry's learned not to trust the government. Great lesson. Good Great job. lesson to learn. But I think like generally Scrimgeour or like did 
the right thing. Like does in, in the next couple of books, I think he like does the best he can. You know, I think that like the ways in which he like comes head to head with Harry, like about Dumbledore's will eventually and stuff. It's like, you can't blame him for being like, come on, man, we got to figure out this Voldemort issue. What did Dumbledore leave in his effects? Like, what are we working with? Um, Harry also asks about the Inferi. Just we're just doing random. It's like a dartboard full of stuff we could world build about right now. And <laughs> Harry's just throwing darts. He's like, okay, Inferi, what's that about? You know, like the zombie, the water zombie guys from the end of the book. They were on the ministry pamphlet. You know, they were on the pamphlet. Yeah. Well, he's asking all these questions because he he noted that 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 Dumbledore like like smiled, and so he took that as an invitation to ask more questions about wizards and magic. Right. Yeah. AKA world building all in all in one place. Yes. And I forgot who pointed out this to me on the show within the last three years, but somebody did it. And if it was you love you, but somebody pointed out to me that like Harry was raised in a household where he was completely forbidden from asking questions. Like we see that in Sorcerer's Stone, like don't ask questions. Like don't, don't talk about anything. (laughs) Um, and so, like, anytime he gets the opportunity to really just, like, go like this, he does. And it's good. You know, we call that a stand-in for the audience. It's like, I don't know anything. Please tell me everything. <laughs> and it's like, thanks. We didn't, we're wondering, too. <laughs> but it also makes sense for his character. Yeah. Good job, Junior, I guess. <laughs> Phil said this is the book where I get canceled for not railing against Junior hard enough. <laughs> Shout out to Phil. What are you talking about? Did you not listen to the episode this morning, Leela? Oh, my God. No, it's just like, you know, I like this book better than the last book and most of the other books. So it's like, I'm just going to, I guess, probably be nicer about it because I enjoy it more. Um, And unfortunately, liking this book goes hand in hand with liking Junior's writing sometimes. But I'm still here to roast it. I'm still the same old me. Just you, a just you, a. There's a chapter in this book called Elf Tales, so I think we're gonna be able to find some shit to critique. Don't you think Junior is a little too nice? I think what it is more than anything else is condescending. Okay, I'll that's how I'll I try feel. to remember to say it as condescendingly as possible. <laughs> junior, oh my god, you have junior. to say it like this. Do you remember? Do you remember when in, when uh, um, Goblet where it's just in like, Goblet of Fire? <laughs> Wait, who says it? I think it's Barty Crouch Sr. It's Barty Crouch. Wait, what the fuck? Hold on. I think that it, uh, what is the context? Why is Barty, why is Barty Crouch saying, it's, wait, wait, what is the fucking context for why he goes junior? Uh, wait, no, it's not senior. It's Karkaroff while he's being interrogated. And, but the, actually Claire, I think the camera is on Barty Sr. at that moment. So I totally, I totally was with you, but you're right because he's like, I got another Death Eater for you. Oh, yeah, it's Barty Crouch and Rita Skeeter and everyone else is like, <gasps> and they all look at Barty Sr. And he's like, oh, Junior. <laughs> also in um, Indiana Jones and the Last Crusade, his father, played by Sean Connery, calls him Junior like all oh the my time. God. Well, that's and that's, he hates that's, it. That's, he's like, don't call okay. me Junior, Dad. He might hate it, but that if you're doing it in a Sean Connery voice, that is now warm and loving. So yeah, so we we, we that's not the, what the one we're going See, for. That's why I liked calling her <laughs> Joanne because that's condescending. Yeah. Like, come on, Joanne, get jo- with Ann. it. Yeah, Junior. But it's like you know, oh, let's minimize her a little bit. Yeah, it's fine. 
Hey, if you come up with something better, I'm all ears. All right. Well, let's keep Junior going for now. We'll keep it going. Oops, we're here. Oops, it's not good. It's actually not good. The house is destroyed. They approach. Juan's out. Inside, also destroyed. It's grotesque. There's like a Quentin Tarantino amount of blood in this house. (laughs) It's quite the scene. It's quite dramatic. I've been watching... um, Over the past couple days, I've been watching Grindhouse, which is Quentin Tarantino. And it is so grotesquely, like, hilariously bloody. It's like blood just, like, geysering into the sky. (laughs) That's the one where the girl has a fucking machine gun for a leg. Do you know what I'm talking Mm -hmm. about? Mm -hmm. Anyway. But okay. Don't watch it. Don't watch it, Claire. It's disgusting. Isn't Alexa Vega from Spy Kids in that? In one of those? Well, it's a double feature, and I only watched the first one so far. I think she's in the second one. Okay, that's the one that Nicolas Cage is in and also, she's which like, is the reason I'm watching She's, it. like, grown up and hot. Well. Good for her. Yeah. She she is grown up and hot now. I know that. I know that to be true. It's true. Yeah. Um, yeah, thanks for asking. I am still working my way through Nicolas Cage's filmography. I got, like, 95% of the way done last year, and then the 5% that I didn't watch last year has been taking me all of this year to get through. I don't blame you. It's, yeah, I'm going to do it. I got to It's that last 5% that's the hardest. Honestly, when I read books, that's like always happens to me. Isn't that insane? Like I read, yeah, I, like, I don't relate to that at all. I know. I think it's cr- probably crazy. I just like read through the whole thing really, really fast if I'm really into it. And then I get to like the last couple pages and I'm just like, uh, and then I, it takes the ADHD will not let you complete a task. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I'm so close. I can't do this. <laughs> Who do I think I am? <laughs> Leela, you are worth finishing a book. Uh-huh. I'll just keep telling myself that. <laughs> okay, so then Dumb walks over and like stabs this armchair with his wand. <laughs> it's iconic. <laughs> do you guys remember reading this? Claire, do you remember reading this for the first time when you were a kid? No, I don't remember reading any of these books. Um, All right. Yeah. Layla, do you remember reading this scene for the first time? I'm so sorry. I like also don't remember. Um, I don't. I don't remember anything either. But I can only assume I was like, "Oh my god, that's a man!" Would you look at that? This is crazy. Yeah, I think I'm sure I was loving it. E- I was eating it all up, eating up that slob. So I'm eating it up. I mean, I remember the movie scene of it, and it's yes. just like, "Oh, that's I, that's cool iconic, how they did that." Iconic. Iconic. I just feel like when I was a kid, like if you're truly reading Harry Potter for the first time, you really don't know what's coming next. And this is a perfect example of that. It's like, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, it's really um, delightful as a reader to to get surprised by things. And of course, as adults, Mm -hmm. we we're surprised in in literature less and less and less. So, yeah, I I do remember just being delighted constantly by the series. So, yeah, totally. And Claire, uh, Horace Slughorn in the movie is played by Jim Broadbent. What do you think of that casting? I know this is going to sound weird. He seems too young. Wow. wow. I don't know. It's just it feels that like does sound weird. <laughs> he seems too young for the part. And it's just like, I don't think you were teaching 50 years ago when Tom Riddle was well, in school. And that's just like. But it wasn't 50 years ago, was it? It was exactly 50 years ago. Because uh, that's when the Chamber of Secrets... Sequ- 
<laughs> not <laughs> no, not again, Tina. <laughs> oh no, now I'm stuck in the baby voice. No, 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 no. no, no. no. Okay. Um, according to HarryPotter.fandom.com, he is like a hundred years old Slut. when this takes place. He was. It says he was born between 1882 and 1913. Great, love it. Sluggles. Yeah, Sluggles is a hundred years old. So, oh. but I guess you have to think about. Um, like if wizards live longer, perhaps they age slower, you know? Yeah. yeah. I don't like know. He, he has too logic. much energy. Honestly, he, he does is. have a lot of energy. He's, he's a bit sprightly for how large and old he is. Yeah. Okay. I'm doing some math. Give me a second. Half blood Prince movie. This came out in 2009, which was about 15 years ago. So he was only about 60 years old when he portrayed this role. So I would actually have to agree with you that that is not an old enough man. Yeah, I didn't think he was. I mean, he's definitely not as fat as described in here as like he is described as very, very fat, which is something that's interesting, right? Because I think like before this fat, the way that Junior writes it equals Bad, right? That's a bad character. The Dursleys are so fat. Look how fat they are. Look at look at Umbridge's fat ankles. She's such a fatty. She's a bad <laughs> fatty and a fatty. Her bad fat ankles. And and then and then it's like this guy's fat, but like maybe he's okay. I'm like you're changing your your whole uh your whole thing here, Junior. But yeah, I I almost feel like. As the books mature, she's like, guess what? I've matured too. You can write a character who's fat and sometimes does one good deed. So how about that? And you're like, bitch, weren't you like 35 when you wrote this book? What do you mean growth? What the fuck? Anyway. Okay, well, first of all, you keep growing after you turn 35. That's true. Man, my mother called me today and was like, am I allowed to say your age and I was like yes mom I'm 33 and she was like you are 32 first of all and I was like oh shit (laughs) (laughs) memory's going too (laughs) yeah Uh, I don't know how old I am it doesn't matter 30 something flirty something and thriving (laughs) thriving somehow somewhat yeah good enough so the chair is like ouch (laughs) <laughs> and it turns into a silly old man. So he is described as enormously fat, bald, old man. Full does, when so when you read the word bald like this, are you picturing Vin Diesel full bald? Are you are you envisioning like old man top of the head bald? What are you envisioning? It's, go ahead, Claire. I can see. It, it's giving like Danny DeVito. It's just like ah, it's, top of the it's head. It's bald in the middle, but there's still tufts on the side. Bald in the middle, but you got some back. Literally, fuck you. That's what I was just about to say that. <laughs> <laughs> We're so dumb with our sing-song jokes. I agree. Like, because I think, like, well, maybe not on this this man. This man's not Vin Diesel. But, like, um, <laughs> what? on some men, the going full bald <laughs> is a good look. Full bald with a nice beard, for example. Like, babish. Okay. Num, 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 num. Eat me up. But, like. Really? Babish is cute? Yeah. I've, I've never, never seen, seen You know who I'm talking about, oh. binging with Babish, right? Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah, right. he's a cutie but, bitty. Yeah, it's, he has the beard, which helps, and then the glasses to cross the divide yes. between the hair and the nose. It is hair. difficult for white men to really go fully bald. It's just, there's so much of this flesh tone all over. 
You know, I certainly couldn't rock it. I'm not going to pretend I could. Look at all this hair. So, um, but I think the- I couldn't rock it. I still think it's like a worse look when they can't like let go of it. I think it's so much worse when it's like that like little around the side. Like, I think that's gross to me. And it's gross. But maybe maybe he's not. not We're not here to judge anyone or their hair. But what we're picturing for- Slughorn is the Danny DeVito, we'll call it. Yeah. <laughs> Do you think he has facial hair? He doesn't seem for, the type. Forget about me. Jim Broadbent. Yeah, he doesn't seem like the type. A little, a little too fussy. It's also very difficult to forget about the movie for me. So I feel like he's the kind of guy who has like a shaving kit with like an <laughs> old school. What do you call those razors? Like the old. The straight razor? It's just like a knife. Straight edge. <laughs> Maybe. No, straight edge is something else. Okay. Um, and he has like a pre-treatment and then like a salve and then like a post and then like a cream. Like I feel like he does the whole thing every day. You should have, you know what I mean? should have a skincare TikTok. I would, I would watch, honestly. I was like, that gives me a great idea for a character. <laughs> <laughs> just kidding. I cannot pull off Horace Slughorn. Can you guys just say that? Can you just all, all of us, let's do it. Say his name <clears throat> on go. One, two, three. Horace, Horace Slughorn. Slughorn. It's bad. Does it sound bad in your mouth? It doesn't Does it feel, feel bad? good. It doesn't feel good. It's, it's, Horace. There's something stuck in there. It's just the gross. It's like my my Jewish grandpa would, like, his name was Hyman. Right. <laughs> but, like, his name could also have been Horace. <laughs> it's true. I have so many old cousins named Morty, so... Marty, and yeah, my grand, my grandpa's bro- brother was Irving. Irving, so many hard R's, and uh, hard. Well, they're all my my family is all from Boston, so it's like oh. the, mm. the hardest R. Mortimer's like Mortimer, Mortimer, Mortimer. Great to see you. <laughs> I heard from Irving. Heard from Irving. I, Ev- I heard from. Oh my god, I, I can't do it. Heard from Irving. And my um, my nana's name was Arlene. So Arlene. just across the. Across the entire house, Arlene, <laughs> Arlene, can you hear me? And I'm like, oh my god, why are they always yelling? Alan, I can hear because obviously he didn't go by Hyman; he went by Alan. Sure. Alan, I'm like, please just walk into the same room. That's my grandparents as well. Margie, <laughs> why is there still Schwartz on the window? Jewish grandparents yeah, are the best. They are. <laughs> Um, what are we doing? Horace. I just, Horace. Do we know anyone named Horace? Do either of you know anyone named Horace? I do. It is my horse that I named on Stardew Valley. (laughs) That's really cute. That's a good name. (laughs) It's Horace the horse. (laughs) It's really bad. I just, I had to. I named them all stupid names like that. (laughs) I'm coughing. I'm dying. I name all my animals on Stardew Valley cute stuff like Pansy and like Buttercup and stuff like that. I name them stuff that makes me laugh. Like I name a lot of them like drag queen names and um, some things Sean like got really, that. Sean fussed me out because one of my favorite dishes to cook at home is pickle chicken, which is where I brine chicken and pickle juice. Yes. And pickle, pickle chicken is a staple in our house. And I named one of my Stardew Valley chickens Pickle. <laughs> And Sean was like, pickle chicken, are you fucking with me? <laughs> I'm gonna, this one's for the pickling. <laughs> it's fine. Oh, 
Do you play Stardew Valley, Claire? No. Okay. I'm not really a video game person, but I... That's okay. I like hearing it's really people's not... joy from it. Uh, that's great, because otherwise the last couple minutes would have been awkward. <laughs> but I also support not engaging in the video game life. You read books, and it's like not... It's like a very similar pastime. You know what I mean? It's like, let's... I'm just going to get into the story and ignore everything else for the next couple hours. Exactly, yeah. I also think it's, like, stupidly divisive, right? Because, like, people who say they don't read are, like, sometimes very vocal about that. Yeah. My favorite pastime when I go to places is to just... I talk to people who don't read. Like, people talk to people who don't drink. And it's just very... (laughs) It's very divisive to see... Uh, alpha male dudes being accosted for not reading. (laughs) Well, I have this problem and Claire, I know you're a big reader. So tell me if you have this problem too, but you know, I work in books. People in my life are always like confessing to me that they don't like reading. (laughs) And I'm like, Hey man, I don't care what you do. Yeah. And they're like, I just, and they like do this speech and I'm like, I couldn't care less, man. Don't read. Like I don't give a shit. Do people do that to you? Yeah. It's just like, it doesn't matter what you do with your spare time. I'm not yeah. I'm not forcing any books on you and Exactly. Yeah. Sean builds computers in his spare time. I'm not like, hey, <laughs> this is gonna sound crazy, but I don't even like building computers. Now it, you know, I, I just wish I liked building computers when I was a kid. I love building computers, but like now that I'm a grown up, I, and it's like, no man, I just get to not like building computers. Like I don't have to do a dissertation. Yeah, it doesn't have to be a whole thing, you know? <laughs> Or people telling me they don't like Harry Potter. I'm like, good, man. Don't start now. Definitely don't start now. Uh, Good on you. It's fine. So together, slug and dumb, dumb and slug, they clean up using magic. (whistles) Slug finally notices Harry and he's lit, except for that he knows right away that Harry being there is a ploy. Uh, Horace Slughorn is one smart dude. Mm -hmm. You got to give him that. He's fucking brilliant. Yeah, I would describe him as shrewd, right? Shrewd, mm-hmm. yes. That's a good mm-hmm. Slytherin word. Yeah. Yeah. Horace Luckhart is not like primo Slytherin representation. He's like the only but one, it, though. He's the only one who isn't like the Draco archetype. He's the only one who isn't fucking evil yeah. like in this whole series. So I'm really glad that we get to meet him. It's like a, Slyth- a Slytherin can be someone who's just like very shrewd, very resourceful, and very like, self-serving yeah. you know in a way that in a way that is like not evil do you think aaron burr would be a slytherin he keeps wow he keeps his I cards so. close to his chest yeah. he's really i do think so he, he switches sides situations yeah and he switches sides when it's like convenient for him do you know what i mean yeah not in like a way that i think that's like bad but like people it's it's resourceful yeah. resourceful it's like being able to read the room yeah yeah I, i'd agree with that Dumbledore asks for one more drink before he goes. He's like, I can see that this is a lost cause. Let me just have one la- one last drink. And Slug is like, fine. So then <laughs> you guys know how old men speak to each other. Slughorn just starts rattling off his health issues. Classic. <laughs> He's like, I'm old. I, I got a rheumatism. Can't walk no good anymore. My grandma would always, I, every single day, I'd be like, hey, Nadie, how you doing? And she'd be like, horrible diarrhea today. And it's like, that's great. <laughs> Thanks for telling me. <laughs> My mom was telling me the other day that she like can't hear the word diarrhea anymore and it makes her like want to barf. And I was like, that's so funny because Dee Dee talked about it so much. That's what we called my grandma. 
And my mom was like, I think she traumatized me by telling me every day that she had diarrhea. <laughs> uh, and I'd always be like, ah, well, your your body's old. So I guess diarrhea is just the best it could do. Yep. <laughs> a former boss of mine was a very pleasant 75-year-old man, you know, mild and like kind of like Slughorn, but maybe like a, a Ravenclaw variety. And anytime another old man came into the office and I would have to have meetings with like him and like another old man all the time. All our clients were old men and it would always just be like 30 minutes of the health chit chat. And then they turn to me and be like, you wouldn't know anything about that. And I'm like, hey, man, I'm 30. 30 is the new 50. OK, my joints be crackling. And then they'd be like, wow, uh, this girl's there. She's a smart girl, isn't she? <laughs> smart cookie. One time, one of the clients in, at this job was like in a meeting with me. He was making fun of millennials, <laughs> as old, old men are wont to do. And I was like, that's cool. I'm just working for you. But like, whatever. He was making fun of millennials. And then he and this was the, cl the client, not my boss. But he was talking about how millennials don't even know how to address envelopes anymore. And then after he left the office, I was talking to Grace, whom I worked with at the time. And I was like, Grace, can you fucking believe that? And I, as I'm doing, as I'm talking about it, I'm addressing an envelope that needs to go out. And I'm like doing it. And I'm like, can you fucking believe that he said this about how I don't know how to put an envelope together? And as I said that, I switched the return label and the stamp. And, I, and Grace was like, oh, oh, you actually did that backwards. This motherfucker <laughs> gave me the yips about mail, dude. <laughs> And for like six months after that, I could not remember how to mail anything because like one old dude was like, this fucking idiot doesn't know how to mail. Oh, man. Do you guys know? How, Claire, do you know how to address mail? Yes. I I have to deal with this sort of boomerism a lot. Well, I'm asking because my husband, Sean, kind of doesn't know how to send mail and he always needs to confirm it with me. Leela, you know how to send mail? You work in an office. You know how to send mail. I don't work in an office anymore. Um, and you worked when I did, I Googled it. Okay. You know what? No shame. <laughs> yeah, I you can Google it. anything. I've literally Googled like how to be a nicer neighbor. Like you can Google anything. It's true. You can Google <laughs> like how to like my face more. Like you can Google any dumb shit. How to read more books. How to, how to, what's like a great opening line to get everyone's attention at yes. the beginning of a meeting? Yeah. Oh my God. I've Googled good crowd, like good group icebreakers 100 times in my life. Yeah, me too. And then everyone's like, oh, oh, oh or like, she's the hilarious one. Or like good discussion questions. Mm -hmm. If you've ever, if you're in the Discord server, you've received some of those good discussion questions that I've Googled. Discussion questions? <laughs> sometimes when there's like a tiff in the Discord server, which is almost never, but sometimes every once in a while there has historically been a tiff and then I'm like, quickly, Google, good discussion questions. I said discussion again. What's happening? To me? Is it the baby talk again? I'm not doing it on purpose. Are you Benjamin, Benjamin buttoning on us? <laughs> For my birthday, I'm turning 30. Oh no, it's happening. <laughs> one year Wow, one yeah, year it's younger. happening. <laughs> All right, all right. All right. So Dumbledore is calling Slughorn out. He's like, well, you can't be that old and broken because you must have moved pretty fast to do this whole fucking shit for, for, to trick me. Didn't he just have to wave his wand? I don't know, man. It depends on if this is like a preset mode. Do you, what do you think? Is this a preset? Is there like settings like, for destruction in this house? Destruction yeah, like number two, three. Yeah. Like, what is this like? Like, for example, when Sean and I go to bed, we tell Alexa good night. And she knows that that means to set the alarm system, turn off the lights, you know, do a couple things. So, like, I wonder if, like, 
Horace Slughorn picks up his wand and is like, oh, fuck me, or like whatever spell he has. And it, it like knows, it, it knows blood on the walls, rip up the furniture, fuck the shit up, you know, like I want, you know what I mean? It's like, it's all packaged into like one spell. What do you, what do you think, Claire? I mean, it can go either direction. He mentions that he had the dragon blood, so I'm, I think he did a little bit of the staging. Mm. He like, he like splashed it across the wall. Like a graffiti artist. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, maybe he like had this, maybe he like has the pre-spells, but then he's like, mm, it's missing something. And then he's like, ooh, I know just what it is. Mm-hmm. And he goes to his little purse and he pulls out a vial and he's like, there, it's perfect. And then that's why when Dumbledore is like, but there wasn't a dark mark over the house. And he's like, fuck, I knew it. <laughs> There's one thing I missed. So basically Slughorn is like, I'm old. Can you please just let me live my life? And Dumbledore's like, absolutely not. No. <laughs> but then he's like, Dumbledore, you're old. Look at your stupid fucked up hand. Then Harry's like, that fucked up hand has a jazzy new ring on it. Huh. Interesting. Weird. That's probably nothing. Stone's cracked. So it's like, what was that? Probably nothing. It's probably, it's nothing. probably nothing. Like Slughorn even looked at it, but like. It's just like a gross old man ring, you know what I mean? It's probably an antique <laughs> yeah, I, I know stole from a dead body or something. <laughs> so Dumbledore asks if the Death Eaters have tried to recruit recruit Strug- Oh my god, recruit Slughorn yet? Slughorn reveals that he's been on the move. Doesn't stay in one place longer than a week. He hangs out in Muggle houses while they're out of town. Let's talk about this real quick. Do you think? <laughs> That the Death Eaters are, like, really coming after Slughorn like this? No. Maybe. Why would they, Claire? I th- He taught so many of them. He he name-dropped mm. Regulus Black in this conversation. That's so that's yeah. why I'm just like, how many of his students are still alive? Hmm. And he was Slytherin headmaster. Not headmaster. You know, uh, head of house. Yeah. Are there, like... I mean, we don't hear of any others, but surely there are, like, other Slytherins who, like, are just, like, boring people, right? Like, normal. Surely. Gotta be. Uninteresting, like, un- not useful to the Dark Lord. Like, do you have, is that, like, a rule? Like, to be a Slytherin, you, like, have to be loyal to the Dark Lord? That's, like, a weird cult that just happened, you know? It is weird. Yeah, I really don't know. We don't get enough examples in our sample size it's true um but i guess now that i'm thinking about it it's like harry ron and hermione trying to come recruit mcgonagall to be on the good side which is like you don't need to recruit her dude she's already on the good side so i guess it like really does make sense that they're like yeah slughorn he could he could help us out you know he's got connections like let's go get him he was really nice to me when i was a tiny little baby nazi in school (laughs) yeah so Dumbledore goes off to use the little headmaster's room. Um, this is all part of his ploy. Right. Because you're like, he, he doesn't have to use the bathroom. He's Dumbledore. He probably still uses the olden time method of just shitting his pants and then vanishing it because he's Dumbledore. You know what I mean? He could probably shit it out of his butthole. <sighs> Wait, no. I don't, don't want to va- think about Dumbledore. He could probably vanish it out of his butthole. <laughs> I think we can all shit it out of our butthole. You gotta be really <laughs> quick to do that, though. Because <laughs> if it hits the floor or it starts to smell, then it's like... 
And he's wearing a robe. It's just going to go straight down. Uh, he's an it's old man. He, he, can, he needs to actually use the bathroom, probably. <laughs> yeah, maybe he, he's just standing there trying to piss for, like, this entire conversation. <laughs> <laughs> so... Harry and Slughorn start talking. Um, Slughorn's like, I know why you're here. And Harry's like, that's cool. I don't really get what's <laughs> happening right now. Wow, would you look at that? Harry Potter looks just like James. Wow, incredible. Oh, my God. Get this. What? He has his mother's eyes. Who for fuck's sake. Even Harry in this chapter is like, for fuck's sake, stop telling me. I Get I, think it. I think he says weary, right? Yeah. Doesn't he say he's weary? Yeah, he sa- finds it quite wearying at this point. Wearying, yes. I too. So it's we're in it together, Harry. It's quite wearying. Apparently, Lily was one of Slughorn's favorite students. Yes. Is the way that Horace Slughorn singles out Lily Evans, is it awkward? Mm-hmm. Is it creepy? I don't think I'm the proper person to ask this. I've read too much Marauders fanfic. But, oh, my God. <laughs> uh, I do think Lily has historical notoriety. And I think if he could say that he taught Lily, the person who protected Harry, that would eventually um... take down the Dark Lord. I think it's sort of that he's famous because he taught her. And that is sort of the reason. I don't think... Okay. It's weird, but I think he wants to be famous because Lily was famous. Okay. What do you think, Leela? I don't get creepy vibes. Like, I, I think it's creepy in the sense that, like, his whole kind of motive for for joy, I guess, is, like, kind of collecting people who he deems to be important, smart, you know, um, famous, valuable But she wasn't famous when she was a student, you know, she was just a student, but she was really bright. I guess she was like, yeah, what the Hermione of her class or whatever. So she was the best one. He wanted the best one. Yeah. Yeah. If I'm understanding what you're saying, Claire, it's like when she was in school, he was like, you're smart. You should be in the slug club. But now looking back, he's like doubling down because he's like, oh, yeah, she was my favorite. Oh, yeah. She, I knew that she was going to rise to greatness, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I don't find it that creepy either because he really does only mention how smart she is. And like, if a teacher is going to be talking about a student, that's pretty much all you want to mm-hmm. hear. Smart, not smart. Tell me what's up. Yeah. No, he wasn't like, and the, the gams on your mom, you know, he wasn't, he didn't go there. Yeah. And I, yeah, for sure. Yeah. Let, that would be, let's say, what's one step beyond a red flag? Maybe like an on fire flag. Yeah. A flaming <laughs> the gam, flag. The gams on your dead mother. Uh, My woo! God. <laughs> I do feel like stuff that like might otherwise be perceived as creepy. Like, isn't he like crying when he's talking about that like fishbowl present he gave her, she gave him or whatever. Like that would be creepy if she was like still alive. But I think the fact that she's dead and he's like, Mourning her at the same time that he's, like, remembering her. It's like, all right, man. I, th- I don't think it's that creepy. We could talk more about, like, the Slug Club at- in general, and we're going to. Taylor's on that episode. Nice. But he's talking about he was the head of Slytherin House. He mentions that all of the Black family was in his house except for Sirius. And he says, I'd have liked the set. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. Yeah. That's what I mean. I'm like, that's the only creepy thing is just this, like, urge to collect people that he has. Yeah. And it's just like so it's like a deeply archaic, first of all, way of looking at like family. I know I know that we uh, have talked before about like the pure blood 
bullshit at length, you know, like that's fake bullshit. But like, I'm talking more about like, he'd have liked the set of like, what makes a family, you know, like, I, I guess, especially in like, maybe like Slytherin subculture, it really is the bloodline. But like, I'd have liked the set of my family. It's like, well, does that include my parents who are divorced? Like, does it include my husband? Like, does it include like my friends that I like more than my sibling? You know what I mean? It's like, I'd have liked the set. It's like, I don't know, man. Feels weird. Yeah. Feels weird. And then Slughorn is like, it's truly incredible that your mom was both a muggle-born and good at magic. And Harry Potter, in a gigantic motion of bravery and fortitude for him, mm-hmm. is is like, yikes. He calls him out, and it's it's really it's the, fun. It is It's good. the first time he's ever called anyone out for anything, pretty much. <laughs> Especially someone, a stranger, who's like so much older than him, like, Something about the last book, I think the end of the last book has really taught Harry that like you can care as much as you have inside of you and shit will still hit the fan. So like might as well just do what feels right and like hope for the best, I guess. Mm -hmm. So Slughorn is like, oh, my God, I'm literally not even prejudiced. I just hold different people to different standards based on the nature of their birth rather than their skills or character. Like and that's why I said it's like surprising, you know. And he's like, not really. And you're like, oh, okay, Harry, go off. It it yeah, makes me happy. Truly, truly such a grand gesture from Harry, honestly. Like, I'm not even being sarcastic. It really is for him. Well, I mean, I think that's like a, is the loyalty like a, is that a Hufflepuff or a Gryffindor trait? Is it both? That's a Hufflepuff. Ah, uh, never it's mind. both. Like, lo- Gryffindor loyalty is like. He died. <laughs> no, nah, man. I'll I back don't, you up I in don't a fight. need you to. He would have rather yeah, died. He would have rather yeah, died yeah. than betray his friend. Yeah. Hufflepuff loyalty is like, like over, I was traveling last weekend with some girlfriends and one of them got really mad and went to sit on the boardwalk by herself. And Hufflepuff loyalty is like, I just walked down and I sat next to her on the bench and I was like, do you want me to sit here? Or do you want me to, do you want to be alone? And she's like, you can sit here. Just don't talk. And I was like, okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then we got pizza and it was fine. Oh, great. Good for Harry. Say yikes. I do have to have this like, I have this conversation with Sean kind of every once in a while where I'm like, hey, man, you have a responsibility as a middle class white dude in your 30s to like speak up when you hear other people talking shit about other groups. Mm-hmm. You know, like, if, like, for example, if we're like watching TV and someone says something shitty and like their girlfriend doesn't say anything, I'm like, Sean, I need you. I need to know that you'll like say something like if, if one of your friends is like talking shit about their wife like in a sexist way like I need to know that you'll be like nah man I don't want to talk about like I don't want to hear that that's not right you know bare minimum and and Harry and like and for a lot of different people in a lot of different ways bare minimum is amazing you know like I, I know that we all have days where it's like bare minimum hell yeah I literally did bare minimum and that is like incredible today so like for some people like Harry like Sean this bare minimum kind of like um no I don't like that. That's incredible, you know? Yeah. Really got some character development going. I even think, like, it can can be more impactful than, like, going on a whole, like, soapbox tirade, you know? Oh, my God. If you think about the difference between me monologuing at someone about why something they said was offensive versus Sean being like, that's not cool. The, uh, The effectiveness of those two things... No one listens to me once I get to my third or fourth sentence, you know. Oh, I thought you were going to say margarita. 
My third or fourth margarita, you're gonna fucking listen to me. Yeah, everyone in the restaurant will listen. <laughs> <laughs> How else are my friends supposed to find my table? It's true. When they're coming in. It's true, you are easy to find. Caca. Yeah. <laughs> the Slughorse shows off his wall of signed famous student pictures. Behold. Um, it's, it's a bit weird. Harry's like, oh, bet they stopped sending you gifts since you've been on the run, huh? And then they go back a little bit, back and forth a little bit about whether it's safe or not to be at Hogwarts. <laughs> and then Dumbledore comes back and Slughorn is like, do you have diarrhea? <laughs> <laughs> they really, they really do. They really do like talking about their bodies. They're old men. What can you expect? I just, discretion, dignity. No, and Dumbledore's like, no, I was just looking at the knitting magazine. So, like, are we picturing Dumbledore sitting trousers down on the toilet looking at the knitting magazines? Or is he leaning up against the sink, leafing through them? No, like, he's on the toilet. That, you don't. He's, he's in his robes. Of course he's sitting on the toilet. With, who reads magazines in the bathroom leaning against the sink? Standing up. <laughs> yeah, I actually wouldn't be surprised to learn that Dumbledore goes commando. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Is it? Is it? Okay, real talk. If you wear robes, uh-huh. his robes go all the way down to the yes. floor. Mm-hmm. If you wear robes like that, is it sexually inappropriate to go commando if you are a teacher? Yeah, he's a teacher. Yeah, but... But the robes go all the way down. I mean, I... It feels weird. <laughs> it feels weird. As someone who frequently goes commando underneath dresses mm-hmm. and skirts um, and did that when I was working, I did think sometimes, I work at a pe- pediatric clinic, like, is this bad? But you just sit appropriately and it's fine. And then no did one- you always sit appropriately, but Yes. Are you a 120-year-old man? <laughs> No, worse. I'm a lady with a vagina. A lady. Um, no, I would just put a, a sweater across my lap. Oh, that is good. Yep. Yeah, I don't know. I think that, yeah, something about the age. Yeah. I, I guess this is my ageism. I'm going to get canceled for being ageist, but hey, man, I got friends who are old people. I can't be ageist. Yeah. That's Slughorn's um, response for... Yeah. <laughs> they just all have flappy skin and diarrhea. It's not my fault. And he's like, no, like, oh my God, like my best friend and like dead student were also mudblood. I'm, I'm so sorry. I mean, muggle born. Oh my God. I just noticed your hot pink nails. They look great. Oh, thank you. It's for the party. <laughs> nice. Barbie. Barbie. So it's time to leave. Claire. Does your friends or family have, like, a thing they say when it's time to, like, wrap up the night, you know? No. I mean, it's the Midwestern goodbye where it's just Uh you stand by the door and you just say things over and over again and say until it gets five, ten minutes later and you still haven't left. (laughs) That only happens to me for some reason with Brooke and Haley. And it hasn't happened in a while. But Brooke and Haley will be. It's like we just are talking the whole time we're together. Yeah. And then they're at the door, and it's like, wait, stop. One more thing. Got something else to say. <laughs> Got something else to say. 
And Sean's just like on his phone, like, please go. I'm begging you. My on those situations, my dad would just get in the car and just wait. And sometimes <laughs> sometimes he waited for a long time, like for my mom to finish up. Cause in the South, we do southern goodbyes. It's like the exact same thing. It's uh, but you're not waiting by the door. You're just like walking. Oh, yeah, you're still you're sitting. walking through or you're walking through the crowd and like hugging everybody goodbye. And then like it takes so long, you get sidetracked like 12 times. And then, so it's like, usually I either do that or I just leave and I don't tell anyone. Well, there's also what I like to call the Jason and Leela goodbye, which is where you say goodbye and then you wander around petting every cat you can find (laughs) for another eight minutes. (laughs) It's true. And then you're like, oh, wait, my purse. Oh, wait, my wedding ring. Oh, wait, my makeup. Oh, wait, where's my shoes? Okay. (laughs) Oh, wait. And then you leave, all the cats are petted, and then you somehow still left, like, six things at my house. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just a little something to remember me by, you know. Just J- just Jason's camera and tripod, just <laughs> getting sat on by cat butts every day. Uh... So I, when people are at my house, it's usually Leela, Jason, and friends that I know very well. So I think what I usually say is, well, I'm kicking you out or that's about it, isn't it, guys? Or like something like that where I'm like, it is now definitely time for you guys to leave. It always starts with a well. (laughs) Well. (laughs) It's not well, it's well. Well. (laughs) Oh, my God. When I used to work with Mike Hardison and Grace and Mary Payton and Haley, um... We all used to work in the same office. No, it was actually uh, once we had to go work from home for COVID at five o'clock. It was whelp, 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 whelp. <laughs> and that's how we all ended the night, the day. Whelp. <laughs> oh, I missed the whelping. Anyway, so basically Dumbledore calls Slughorn a lost cause and is like, we're out of here. He's like, I know a lost cause when I see him one. I'm out of here. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, wait, he'll do it. Because he wants to collect Harry. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's really interesting that Slughorn sees what is being done to him. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And is like, the benefit of being able to collect Harry Potter is greater than whatever my apprehensions are about Dumbledore right now. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, he, he doesn't feel safe at Hogwarts, but he... He definitely doesn't feel safe here either, I don't think. He chose that over yeah. his own safety. Yeah. What does this interaction, what about this interaction makes him see that, see something special in Harry? Oh my God. I think it's literally just hit. Honestly, I think that Harry saying, hey, that's not cool one time actually did really help him in the esteem of Horace Slughorn. It's like, he's got something in there. <laughs> That's really... But I think it truly is the fact of him. That's a very that, low bar. I was going to say, so, like, was his mom even that smart? Like, <laughs> it is a low bar. Do you think he also sees, like, how Dumbledore is... How he's Dumbledore's little favorite? And he's like, well, Dumbledore's special, so if his, it's his favorite, it's got to be somebody cool. You have to remember that Harry spent the whole last year being ostracized and ridiculed for being, like, unhinged and lying... And then for the past like three months or whatever, they've been blowing him up, talking about how he's a savior, how he's the chosen one, how he defeated Voldemort yet again. Like, 
all of these things really, really gassing him up. Mm. And so like, I'm sure Slughorn is like, what the fuck is this kid about? Like, what is happening with this kid? You know, I really think it's the fact of Harry. I don't think it's any much like this entire book. <laughs> it's the fact of Harry. It has nothing to do with who he is as a person. Like the idea of him almost. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Lily's son, Dumbledore's favorite. Lily's eyes. You know, even if James wasn't in his club, you know, James has a bit of a legend as well due to his passing. So, and he fraternizes with the Weasleys who are like an old wizarding family. Like, I think there's a lot of circumstantial reasons why Slughorn should be interested in Harry and none of them have anything to do with Harry Potter, <laughs> the person. Yeah, that makes sense. So we're actually leaving now. Dumbledore explains to Harry that Slughorn used to collect students who would go on to be powerful. He's a connector. He's a collector. Okay. And he's going to try to collect Harry as well. In the movie, I feel like Harry, like six months from now, is like, Professor, you said that Professor Slughorn would try to collect me. Should I let him? And Dumbledore's like gazing off into the distance, being like super emo. Dumbledore, and he's like, yeah, you should. But, but in the books, Dumbledore's just like, hey, he's going to try to collect you. That's why I brought you. It's probably for the best. And it's like, okay. Yeah. And I mean, collecting, really, that just means he's like, wants to schmooze with you and invite him to all his parties and like. Yeah, which. Take the free meals. Take the free meals right. from Slughorn. Yes. Oh, my God. Deal with it. Harry, Harry goes on to duck those uh, parties magnificently. But I totally agree. Take the free meal. Yeah. His social anxiety is truly holding him back from his eating, his being his best eating self. It's almost like he lived in an abusive household where he wasn't allowed to, s- to speak or e- exist. Not it's Harry Potter. Like He's a special boy. <laughs> it's almost like <laughs> Yo, this book, we did not get a special boy moment. I'm really grateful. It was like 10 it's seconds true. of Harry Potter leaning on a window it's like he no one no one ever said he was special in this book because other people are now saying he's the chosen one so the narrator doesn't need to be like special he did they did do in this chapter the annoying thing of like why so like when he's describing um hermione to even he's like mentioning him to her oh my god her to dumbledore and he says hermione granger and it's like Bitch, is there more than one Hermione in this world? No. <laughs> what are you doing? Why are you like this? Maybe maybe that's just British. That's how British people be. I don't know. Yeah, maybe. <laughs> they call a lot of like British private schools. Nope, don't know anything. I'm making this up. It could be true, though. What? That they call each other by their last name. I feel like that feels like a private school thing. Yeah. I'm, they call each other by their last that name. That sounds about right. Or like, it sounds like a bully thing to me. Huh. I think that's American. Yeah, you're right. I think that's your American public school ass talking. Okay, well, my maiden name is your grandfather's name, so let's just Hyman. sit with that. Yep, that's my name. Yeah. Don't wear it out, well, please. That's why you <laughs> changed your last name when you got married. Oh, no, that's a pretty good joke. Sorry I talked to you. That's it. okay. I just realized <laughs> that it was a joke as I was saying it. <laughs> <laughs> so they operate again this time to the burrow before they go into the burrow Dumbledore takes Harry into the outhouse turned broom shed lol it's giving Rita Skeeter's interview with Harry Potter <laughs> it's like come in here no big deal you should be right at home it's icky mm-hmm. D- Dumbledore wants to give Harry private lessons I mean I guess they're like technically lessons but damn Way to underrepresent the burden you're about to place on this kid. 
Yeah. Yeah, you're going to give him a lot of trauma, and I don't think you should disguise that under special tutoring. He's just so classically cryptic, per usual, you know? Like, it even says, like, Harry stared hopefully at him. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, there's, I think there's a couple, like, Dumbledore said vaguely, you know? Yeah, and it's just like, I mean... Yeah, he's being nice to you and somewhat open now. But, like, that's not going to take away from his main personality trait, which is that he's all about the drama. Always. Yeah. And there's, like, always a bigger plan, and, like, Harry has never been exempt from that. (laughs) Come to find out that Harry's the crux of that. Perhaps the whore crux of that? Ah! Ah! Wordplay! That was a fun one. Mm -hmm. All right, I think it's fun. He's the crux of it. He's the horror crux. It's of true. It. Whatever. He's it, a horror. You're very correct. Yeah. A horish little crux. Ooh, dirty little crux. Yeah. Dumbledore instructs Harry to keep the invisibility cloak on him at all times, moving forward, even at Hogwarts. Do y'all remember? Does this come up? Is there a moment in this book where Harry's like, "Oh, thank God, I have my invisibility cloak right this second. Um. Maybe when he was following Draco, but... Yeah, that's in a couple chapters, and that is to his detriment. But you're right. I guess what I'm saying is, if she set this up, if Junior set this up, and the payoff is following Draco, I'm going to be disappointed. I hope there's eventually a better payoff for keep your invisibility cloak on you. Well, we'll see. I mean, it's gotten a lot of action these past few books, so... That's true. So, lastly, Dumbledore tells uh, Harry that the Weasleys are going through some serious shit trying to keep him safe this summer. So, don't be a dick and go looking for trouble like you always do. And he's like, I don't know what you're talking about. So, okay. I guess, sure. Yeah. It's like, doesn't sound like me. Yeah. <laughs> Literally, every step you take is to subvert authority. <laughs> Come on. Wow, that's the end of the chapter. That's all she wrote. Wow, literally. Except not really, not oh, not no, literally. She so much more. She act, we actually can't get her to stop writing. <laughs> Claire, do you have any final thoughts about Horace Slughorn and or the man and or the chapter? Not that I can think of. That I think we covered the man, the myth, the enigma. <laughs> Does it say in the book that he's in his pajamas? Yeah, I think because it's the same pattern as the chair, and that's why oh, yeah. Harry <laughs> yeah. thought it was the chair. I just love that. I just love it. Leela, do you have any last words about the chapter? I really like at the end when um, when Dumbledore gives Harry the space to feel vulnerable about his loss with Sirius last yeah. book. He says it's just hard. And it really to is. realize he's he won't write me again. And and that's that's like heartbreaking and um wow, that was my phone. Phone breaking. It really is like, it's a very accurate representation of grief, at least in my experience. Mm -hmm. Like, I really feel like you carry grief with you kind of like in a, you know, it's like a part of you. And then like, sometimes it's like a small thing that really kind of like, I'll never get a letter from him. And it's like, that's the upsetting thing. Or like, I mentioned my grandma who passed away last summer a couple times this episode. And like, I recently was at in Ocean City, Maryland, which is very close to where she lived in Rehoboth Beach, Delaware. And I spent a lot of time there with her as a kid. And I was like on the boardwalk and I was like, damn, that bitch will never again 
stand on a boardwalk. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's like, why does that hurt so much more? That like super specific thing. Yeah. Know. It was a nice, it's a nice little representation of, of grief. And it's sad that Harry doesn't get more moments like that. I totally agree. I also really like, I think like the very last sentence of the chapter is like, come on, let us not deprive Molly any longer of the opportunity to deplore how thin you are. <laughs> and it's like, you know, Molly Weasley being like, you're too thin. That's not great. But it's <laughs> definitely something that moms just yeah. do. And I think it's cute that Dumbledore is like, come on, she wants this. <laughs> Let's go. It is. It's sweet. I like this chapter and I'm excited to kind of get through this period at the burrow and get into some proper plot shit. Mm-hmm. The beginning of this book is much shorter than the beginning of the last two books. I think that's part of what makes it so much shorter than the last two books is that we don't take like 15 chapters to get it started. Do you think she got like some feedback (laughs) from the last book? I I do genuinely actually think just because it's scientifically unlikely to not happen. I do think she's like just becoming a better writer. Literally, people become better writers as they write more. Mm -hmm. I'm working with an author right now who their first book is very sweet and very cute. And like, it's a good time. It's a little bit of a romp. And she literally told me, I have a lot of really cool stuff coming in the sequel, but I wanted to make sure I got the foundation down first because I know I'll be a better writer by the time I get to the second book and I'll be able to handle those other issues better. And I'm like, that's so smart. So hopefully by book six, this bitch is figuring it out a little bit. Yeah, I mean, I I would hope so. I would hope so. I would hope so. Five books of, yeah, I would hope so. (laughs) A lot of practice. It's worth mentioning, just because we haven't done it in a while, fuck TERFs, fuck JK Rowling, fuck what she's done to this fandom, fuck the position she's put us in, fuck the harm she's done to queer communities, fuck her, fuck everything about her, except for, I guess, these books, because we're doing a podcast about it, but, like, just, like, I... I feel like sometimes we normalize so much our uh, condemnation of her that we like fail to mention it for perhaps too long. I don't want to forget to mention it. Fuck that bitch. Fuck that bitch for ostracizing a huge portion of her fans. Yeah, Leela, we were talking about this in our cult episode, which comes out in like three months. Sorry, guys, but (laughs) sign up for our Patreon if you want uh, to hear how Harry Potter is like a cult. We were talking about how the cult of Harry Potter is kind of divided into like two cults, you know, like Mm -hmm. the J.K. Rowling cult and then like this alternative cult kind of that we have that's more like a group of small kingdoms. Yeah. (laughs) A la medieval Italy, you know. Yeah. I just that this this series has uh, has definitely obviously, you know, as we've seen, like struck a chord with so many um, so many queer people. And it's just really sad that. That she chose this hill to die on, but... Dumb bitch, your stupid map took you to a dumb hill. Stupid, dumb hill. And I I really do think that I'm going to like these last two books more than I've perhaps liked the last two books because they're genuinely written better. They're full of really important plot stuff. And I also think that part of, you know, kind of seeing the end of this podcast on the horizon is going to give me a bit of... (laughs) You know, like additional warmth for the subject matter. And I just don't want that to be conflated with any kind of yeah ac- acceptance of, of the author at all. Because my stance r- remains extremely firm on that. And it always will. This is the hill that I die on. Fuck turfs. Yep, I agree with that. Retweet on all that. Yes, let's go to plugs. Claire, do you want people to find you on the internet these days? Not really. I'm not doing anything online anymore. You can find me in the... I respect it. 
restricted section discord that's pretty much where i am for a dollar a month you can be part of that discord community too where me claire and layla hang out almost every day claire what have you been reading watching playing probably reading lately that you think our listeners would enjoy um not much uh i'm re-watching heartstopper in preparation for season two by the time Yay! this episode comes out it should be out so hell yeah and our friend Robert has a podcast called the Truman. What's the school called? Uh, Truum. Truum. That's yeah. fun. Truum. Shit. Sorry, Robert. Truum. <laughs> it's a great plug. Hold on. Hold on. In my defense, Robert has five fucking podcasts. It's such Whatever a long name. name. So that's I'm why gonna, I can't remember I'm, it. I'm going to link it in the show notes. It's called like the Truum High School Book Club or like some shit like that. I forgot to say podcast it's like surely you meant trauma when i typed (laughs) truum that means i had to have spelled it wrong right oh my god okay anyway it's linked in the show notes true oh truum grammar book no i don't know yeah it is it is truum grammar book club i found it organically i found it (laughs) took a while but we got there we got there and it's linked in the show notes (laughs) if you fuck with the works of alice osman like i do Mm mm-hmm so you said you're rewatching the first season because the second season is coming out soon. Yeah, it should be. The second season should be coming out the Friday right before this episode comes out. So. Oh, nice. hell yeah. Have you read? Are they? Are, do you call them books or are they comic books? Um, They're like comic books. Uh, Have you read them? Yeah, I read them. I'm trying to work well. through the, no- the novels, but some of them are just a lot mentally, so. Oh, do you mean Alice Oseman's novels in general, or are they specifically sort of both? It's just like a lot of anorexia, mental illness. Oh shit! Okay. Have you read Loveless? That's the only thing I've read from Alice Oseman. Oh yeah, Loveless is great. I love Loveless. Yeah. Okay, so that's like all I. That's all I got about Alice Oseman is Loveless, and it's it's a wonderful book. Okay, I'm glad you liked that one because I was like, I thought that one was really nice. Hell yeah. I know I really need to delve into Heartstopper. I totally want to. It seems awesome. Leela, where can the people find you on the internet? Um, you can find me on uh, Instagram, Twitter-ish, and uh, TikTok at Leels for Reels. And I thought that you said we weren't doing plugs anymore this season, but I thought no, of one. I you did say that to me while you were drunk, but... Well, that maybe I meant long plugs. <laughs> yeah, I think... People, people always give a speech. Don't give a speech. Claire, Claire did it just yeah. right, like a one to three sentence. I believe I've already plugged this band, but I'd love to plug this album again. Um, it's uh, The band is Boy Genius. Um, if you haven't... Oh, yay! Claire's heard of them. I love I love Boy Genius. They're, they're, they're amazing. They're, they're considered yeah. a super group just because they're composed of three um, independently... Um, somewhat successful artists. We've got um, Julian Baker, who's amazing. We've got Phoebe Bridgers, of course, amazing. And uh, my favorite, uh, Lucy Dacus, Richmond native. Um, We love to see it. And um, they just have the most amazing chemistry. Um, It's just like the... It's the most wholesome gay thing I've ever seen. Yeah, I I saw they were doing a show in drag in somewhere where they're passing laws about yeah. drag queens. Sorry that I can't remember where cuz it's more than one. They're but. just great. They um are just amazing artists and the lyrics of all their songs are really thoughtful and and lovely, sad, beautiful, strong. It's just about being being a being a woman and 
what the, what that's like um and it's a great album it's just called the album um cool. <laughs> i highly recommend that's like the band it's like fuck you i'm always gonna yeah, be the one i'm gonna be the one and it's <laughs> the album and they also have a, a um very short little like kind of not music video but kind of like tiny it's kind of like a music film with like three songs in it um that's called the movie or something like that and Kristen stewart from twilight directed it okay now i'm done all right that's cool remember when i said no speech i know but i got excited (laughs) (laughs) i've been your host christina you know where to find me and today i'm gonna plug i haven't been reading or watching anything lately so i'm here to plug lavender speculation which is a wildling book that is coming out october 17th it is a YA horror anthology, queer, queer Ooh. as hell. And it is, I've edited it, and that means that I've read it like 16 <laughs> times. <laughs> and I still think it's good. And like, that's truly the hallmark of a wonderful book. The author is Jamie Zachariah, who's an amazing person, a marine biologist, getting married soon. And I just, I love it so much. It's available for pre order. I'm going to put that shit in the show notes um, so you can pre-order it and get it delivered straight to your house just in time for Halloween. Wow. I'm excited. That sounds great. Thank you. I'm I'm very excited, too. Claire, thank you so much for joining us to talk about Horace Slughorn. This was a wonderful conversation. Thank you for having me. Yes. And Leela, as always, thank you for being my partner in crime. You're welcome. I'm a chair. Full circle. <laughs> uh, and that's the end of the episode. Bye, friends. That's it, potheads. Thanks for listening to the Restricted Section. This podcast is produced and hosted by me, Christina Kahn. Our theme music was produced by Ryan Kahn. Our logo was designed by Michael Hardison. Please connect with us on Twitter at RestrictedPod, on Instagram at RestrictedSectionPod, on Facebook at Restricted Section Pod or in our Facebook group, The Restricted Section Detention Crew. Join our Patreon to get access to our Discord server, our bonus episodes, and other cool perks. We're also very happy to be a member of Deus Ex Media, where all you fucking nerds can find all kinds of fandom podcasts to suit your fancy. We crystal gems we are the bits the bits the bits the bits a steven universe review podcast celebrating the 10th anniversary of a show that's very near and dear to our hearts so get ready to cry with us and try our best not to sing as we rewatch one of the gayest shows of the 2010s new episodes coming out to you every friday featuring your favorite host charlie and robert It's the kind of bar that is actually like 10 bars. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And it goes into the bay. Wow. So there's like tables out into the bay. And the whole floor of the whole place is sand. Wow. That's so cool. And I drank probably 30 high noons. <laughs> Proud of you. Dave X Media. <laughs>